Uh, Father, we thank you for the Word of God this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that administrates it. <laughs> Lord, empower us. Help us to believe what you say about us, what you say really happened to us when we welcomed you, and help us to believe that no matter how good and marvelous it is. And we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Well, if you're new around here, you can see the banners, uh, you know, our vision and our aligning values. But we are those who live connected to Christ through a new covenant economy. In other words, we're not performing. He's with us. We're learning to live from Him, from His love, and not for it. Uh, we're in a discovery mode instead of determining. I'm not trying to determine who I am. I'm trying to discover who I am as a new creation in Christ. We get our identity from Him, which empowers us to put God on display and then disciple and invest Him in others, into others. Uh, we've been talking about the centrality of Jesus since January. <laughs> and so in order to center everything that we are on Christ, we need to know His teaching. That's where we're at. We're looking at the teachings of Jesus uh, the one in particular is truth, his teaching on truth. But we not only want to know his teaching, we want to obey his teaching. We want to walk in truth. Uh, Jesus taught and modeled an intimate relationship with the living God. Does that bear witness with you? Jesus taught and modeled intimacy with his heavenly Father. He even said, I don't even do anything unless I see the Father do it. So he's, he's deriving all of his instruction from his personal intimacy with the Father. And it was all rooted in the reality of spirit and truth. Told Pilate in John 18, I'm here to bear witness of the reality of truth. And those who are uh, of the truth hear my voice. So we've been digging into scripture after scripture to help us walk in truth. We call it the real reality so that we can live by the spirit. We've been discovering, maybe rediscovering the priority of intimacy, very important to the Lord. And Gnosko, we heard in a couple of the letters last week, just personal, experiential knowing of Jesus Christ. Because uh, as Laura's letter said, uh, all this remodel is great, but without intimacy with Jesus, it means nothing. Everything serves knowing Jesus. I'll say it again. Everything serves knowing Jesus. We're going to put it on the sign this week. <laughs> because I don't care whether it's chairs or carpet. And I like it. Don't get me wrong. It all looks nice. And I'm thankful that we can get more people in here to hear the gospel. Amen. I'm grateful for that. But uh, Christ is the substance. Chairs are just dirt. They're just a thing. So uh, we've been digging into to Scripture. I do think we had 20 water baptisms last week. Amen. Isn't that great? I do think that with 20 water baptisms and hearing people's language, people are beginning to understand, hey, we're not who we used to be. I, if I'm in Christ, I am a new creation. And the exciting part is, he says all these incredible things about you. You're righteous and you're loved and you're accepted. You're innocent. Right? Colossians 1.22. You're innocent before God. It's okay to believe it. It was all his idea and he did it. So it's okay to believe it. And I, Father, I break off of our culture, even the Christian culture, but Lord, in this country, this idea that it's all up to us. 
We need to believe what you did. It was all your idea to bring us close because we're going to live so much more holy living every day in intimacy with you, married to you, than we ever will striving and trying hard to be like God without God. So Father, just we just sever that lie. We break ties with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, we've been talking about these things. And you say, well, Pastor Steve, why does it really matter that we really understand, hey, we're not who we used to be and we're a new creation in Christ? It matters because your perspective is the reality you live from. Your perspective is the reality you live from. So who you, who you are, how you see yourself, your identity, and then who you believe God to be affects all kinds of things. Certainly affects how you relate to him. If you're scared of him, like he's going to strike you down. If you say a cuss word, it's going to be hard to have intimacy with a God you think is going to do that to you. And we kind of smirk here, but I'm telling you, there's people that believe that. And it's tragic. Why? Because he's the one who paid the price. Romans 8.32 says, who's there to condemn us? It's not God. He's the one who justified you. Don't be running away from him. Run to him. Oh, hallelujah. The world around us continues to derive who they are. Their reality is based on spirit and truth or on natural. The world around us. It's based on the natural. When's the last time you were watching cable television and somebody was breaking down on the newscast how, you know, all things spirit and all things truth. Everything's rooted in the natural realm. And so we've been talking about how do we, how do we walk by the spirit, how we live in truth. You need a renewed mind. Walk by faith, not by sight or your feelings. Practice, practice spiritual disciplines. In other words, meditate on truth, guys. Get familiar with the real thing. Hmm. All right, I'll hold that. Believe the old you is dead and buried in Christ. Abide in Christ's life. You're in union with Him, so derive from Him. And then number six, know your new identity is in Christ. And where's your identity come from? Why is, it, why is your identity unshakable? It's derived from the realm of spirit and truth. Glorious good news. So many people struggle with sin because they still think they're sinners. And, I, and I'm talking about born-again Christians, okay? I know the world struggles with sin. Why? Because they are sinners. Dogs bark, cats meow, sinners sin. What do new, new righteous new creations do? We walk in intimacy with God. Our lives start looking a lot more holy now. Why? Because we're hanging out with the Holy One all the time. Who lovingly adjusts course for us when we do a big piece of stupid. And says, well, that's not who you are. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that Christ became sin without committing a sin. He took our sin on himself. But it also says, you were made the righteousness of God without one act of righteousness. Well, Steve, you can't, you can't tell people that we've been made right with God apart from our own sweat and performance. Well, I didn't say it. God said it. I'll give you one more. Ready? 1 Corinthians 15, 34. 1 Corinthians 15, 34 says, awaken unto righteousness and sin not. So which one comes first? Awaken under righteousness. I'm not light on sin. I'm heavy on righteousness. (laughs) 
People live a whole lot holier by hearing the truth and living the reality that they've been made one with Christ through His doing than they ever will trying hard on their own. I'm just challenging you to believe what God says. I'm not passing out a license to sin. I'm passing out a license to live righteously and holy and in freedom. And you know what's, what's amazing is? I, I'm, I'm exhorting you to live the real reality. It's really true whether you believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Come again? Yeah, I said it. Just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Why? Because you don't determine truth. God determines truth. You discover the truth and you dance with the truth if you're smart. Because it's the real reality. Who wants to live a false, you know, a, a false reality? Let's live in truth. Well, that's good news, isn't it? When you hear who you really are, when you hear the truth, God has brought me near to himself. He's cleansed me. He's made me one with his son. His son lives in me. Nobody's thinking, I can't wait to sin. Did you hear what Steve said? He said, I'm one with Jesus. Let's go sin. (laughs) Silliness. People who think grace is a license to sin have never met him. (laughs) Grace is a person, not some doctrine that gives you a sin clause. Grace is a person that loves you enough to correct you when you get off course. But he doesn't reject you and he doesn't leave you and he doesn't shame you and he doesn't condemn you. He walks with you. He teaches you. Jesus called the Holy Spirit in you in John 14 and 15, the helper. Why? We need help. We cannot do it on our own. Amen. So how about Galatians, uh, that was 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awaken unto righteousness, church, and sin not. Galatians 5, 16. Walk by the Spirit, the real reality, and you don't what? Fulfill the problem solved. I just fixed your sin problem right there. Believe the truth. Walk by the Spirit. Live out your marriage and your union with Jesus Christ. Your life will clean up quick. Religion is devastating. It keeps us trying and striving and reaching and trying to get there. Let me get to God. You can't be like Him without Him. So He brought your tired self to Himself. He joined Himself to you. Yeah, while you were still yet sinners. Christ died for you. It is the gospel. So let's camp a little bit on number six. Know your identity is in spirit and in truth. We had 20 people baptized last last Sunday. So it's important we understand new creation because Jesus saves, water baptism celebrates. Water doesn't save you. The Spirit of Christ is what saves a human being when he moves on the inside. People get their identity, though, from all kinds of things. When we talk about identity, their value, their worth, somebody throw something at me. What's something that you could be tricked to getting your identity from that's not Christ, that's not from Spirit? Give me something in the natural. Another person. In other words, I'm valuable. Uh, I'm awesome as long as Bill loves me. How many of you know that is one shakable point of view? Because Bill <laughs> ain't Jesus. All right, give me another one. Success, career. Yeah. 
We can get our identity, worth, and value from these things. These are all natural things. They're all subject to change. But I'm offering you an identity that is unshakable. Hebrews 12, 28, anything that can be shaken will be shaken until all that remains is that which is unshakable, the kingdom of God, which is in the Spirit, and the Spirit is in you. So now you're invincible. Why? Because you're deriving your value and esteem from Christ, from Spirit, and truth, not the natural realm. How about the stock market? People might get their value and identity from that. Their football team. Their sports team. Their sports team doesn't win. Well, they're in the tank. Well, uh, Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> they do. <laughs> do what? <laughs> yeah, literally. Let me say this to you. If the gospel that I'm preaching to you seems like more of a fantasy land and what you think, feel, and believe from the natural realm seems like the facts, that will tell you what realm you're used to deriving from. Now, if you're, if you're like me and that sobers you, wait a second, I am up and down with my career. Wait a second, I am up and down with whether Johnny likes me. I am up and down with the stock market or a football team or whatever. I got good news for you. You're in the right place. We don't have any stones for you. We're, we're learning to walk this out too. <laughs> so we're all learning to live what is the real reality. But let's continue growing in our knowing and our familiarity with spirit and truth, which Jesus told Pilate he's here to bear witness of existed. It's actually the realm. God is what? Spirit. It's the realm his throne is established in, is the unseen realm. And he wants us familiar with that realm. So let's keep growing in our knowing until the fantasy land seems like the world out there. That they seem crazy. They are. That's exactly. Sylvia's been hanging out with Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're watching the news or going online for, and, and you say, "Well, no, I'm not CNN. I'm Fox or whatever." Let me tell you, Jesus did not entrust himself to men. Why? Because he knew what was in their heart. You you got to ask yourself, who's the source of information I'm determining? I'm using to determine what's true. If it's if it's got to do with that TV, that box thing on your wall. Oh my goodness. You, you know they have agendas, right? You know they got bills to pay. You know they're bought and owned by somebody else. They gotta say what they're saying. Half the time now anymore, they say stuff that makes no sense. I'm waiting for two plus two is five. Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna stop there. There's a lot I could say. But I will not say it. The point is, who's the source of information you're using to determine what is true? Because man doesn't determine truth. Man discovers truth. And it comes from God. And if you know the truth, what happens to you? That's right. There you go. Sets you free. Let's do some Bible drill. I got some great scripture for you. As I mentioned, we had lots of people baptized. And so you need to be familiar with how God sees you. And it's okay to believe all that I'm about to show you because it was God's idea. It's okay to believe it. It's his idea. (laughs) John 3, verse 5, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Ezekiel 36, 26. This is prophesied about 600 years before Christ. 
God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of, out of uh, your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Verse 27, he actually says, I'll put my spirit inside you. Ephesians 4:24. So I need you to put on the new man, which was created according now to God in true righteousness and holiness. Your spirit man is made according to God. It actually is the DNA of God, so it's righteous and truly holy. One-third of you is heaven-ready, man. One-third of you it doesn't need cleaned up. One-third of you is pure righteousness and holiness. Christ is in that, that uh, part of you, that third of you. Christ is there. He's in your spirit, man. We're trying to, trying to get your head to listen to who's in your spirit, man, so that your whole spirit, soul, and body are sanctified. Romans 8.10, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life, Zoe, because of righteousness. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 6.17, whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. This is why I'm, I'm heavy on holiness and righteousness, but not you independent of Christ. I'm trying to convince you he's with you, he's in you, listen to him. 1 Peter 1.23, you've been born again, not of a corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. How long is the word of God going to live in your spirit, man? Forever. He abides there forever. And the seed, that word seed there in the Greek language is sperma. So you've been literally born again, conceived, Christ was conceived in you. He's in your spirit, man. Listen to him. Doesn't that make prayer much more exciting? Prayer now is 90% listening. Because in my early Christian days, it was 90% of me telling him what I thought I needed. What I wanted him to do for me. So the, the seed can't be corrupted. It's an incorruptible seed. Your spirit, man, can't be tainted. 1 John 3, 9, whoever is born of God cannot sin. It says it. Steve didn't say it. Scripture says it. Whoever is born of God cannot sin. What are you talking about? Yeah, your spirit, man, can't sin. It's one with Christ, and he's seated in heavenly places. He's not down here sweating bullets in the wilderness, people. He's not facing temptation. He's seated. It's finished. All right, go ahead and give God praise. One, one of us did. We'll go ahead. It can't be corrupted. And nobody in this room is thinking, my goodness, Christ's Spirit is abiding and remaining in me forever. Nobody's thinking, I can't wait to sin. What time does church get out? All right, 2 Corinthians 5, 16. From now on, we know no one according to the flesh. Even though we knew Christ according to the flesh, those guys did, yet they rejected it and said, we don't know Jesus after the natural anymore. Now we know Christ, the one that's in Him. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 6.16 What agreement has the temple of God with idols? You're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell where? Oh, come on, church. I will dwell where? In them and walk among them. 
I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Temple means what? Dwelling place. Dwelling place. So, so you're the dwelling place of the living God. That's what I'm... The, the reason I can share this with conviction and authority is because I was there. I was trying so much of my early Christian life to get myself to God somehow. And I was already saved. I had, I had heartfelt invited Jesus into my heart, but I had no idea he, he lived in me. I had no idea that he was there developing himself in me and through me. I had no idea. So that's the new covenant, though. That's your promise right there. He's going inside. You can read Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 through 13. It's the five terms of the new covenant contract. Galatians 5, 25. Well, if we've been born of the Spirit, what should we do, guys? (laughs) We should try hard not to sin or we should live the real reality. We should walk in the Spirit. And 1 John 5, 6 says the Spirit is truth. When you're walking in spirit, you're walking in truth. Jesus came to bear witness of this other dimension where, whereby we could derive our reality, our joy, our peace, our love from this other dimension. That's how you have people in the Roman Colosseums being shredded by lions and they're singing hymns. They're singing praise to God. How? They're deriving from another dimension. They're not locked into the natural. They're, they're connected to God. Not complicated. Touch your neighbor and say, not complicated. <laughs> John 1, 12. But as many as received Jesus Christ. How do we get Him? We receive Him. To them He gave the right. That's literally the power to become children of God. Offspring. Literally begotten of God by the Spirit. A church can't make a child of God. That which is Spirit has to beget that which is Spirit. So God who is Spirit must beget His children. The church is here to fellowship together, to walk together, and to learn together who we are in Him. To those who believe on His name. Romans 8, 15. You didn't receive the spirit of of bondage, at least to fear. You received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed offspring of the living God. We've been born of His Spirit. His Spirit is in us. The divine nature of the Almighty, right? DNA, divine nature of the Almighty. Romans 8, 9. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Well, what's the criteria? Well, if the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to Christ. So what's the, what's the thing you must possess to be God's child? His Spirit. His DNA. Does that, that make sense to you? Aren't you glad you're not in the flesh? Because the enemy had me believing I was in the flesh all the time. No, I'm not. I'm never. By the Spirit, I'm never in the flesh. Even if I'm doing something dumb in the carnal, natural realm, Steve's Spirit is always in the Spirit with Christ. That's who I really am. And what that allows me to do is, guess what? When I fail, I get up. Because my reality is derived from Spirit and truth, not from what Steve does in natural things. That the truth then becomes my anchor. It is my plumb line. It is, it is, it is my vine. It is where I go for the real reality. Amen. Amen. Powerful truths. All right, we got any more? Oh, we got to throw this up here. 
Now remember, <laughs> I had to bring it back. Why? Because when we, when we had 20 water baptisms, you know what the Lord told me? He said, Steve, you didn't wash any pigs. There weren't any pigs in that water. They're dead and gone. The old them is gone. That's what water baptism celebrates. That yeah, we might have laid the swine under the water, so to speak. But you come out of the water, you're a brand new creation. You are who you are by the Spirit. No longer do we have to dress up the, or, or try to water baptize the old you. The old you is crucified with Christ. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. And here's, here's another novel idea. We're not asking you to do anything God's not already doing. He knows you by the Spirit. But our reality is so much the natural, so much how we perform, so much how we feel. Flee it. Flee it. I'm not saying that's not a real realm or a real reality. It is, but there's a greater realm and there's a greater reality. And as you learn to participate with spirit, it becomes how you live in the practical. Amen, somebody? We do need to live here. We got the earth suit on, okay? We need to be married. We need to take care of our, our children. We need to, you know, uh, have our, our uh, living, our career, whatever, all those things. So there is execution in the natural, but my practical is coming from the Spirit. My mindset on the Spirit determines how I live in the practical. You're like, well, I don't know. You know, I need to be better at being married. So I've got this book, 17 Things to Do to Be a Better Husband. How about <laughs> how about knowing that Christ in you is the right thing to do in every situation? You want to know how to treat your wife? Ask Jesus to treat her through you. Don't do anything incongruent with his nature and you'll be fine. You mean I got to forgive her then? She's already been forgiven. Christ in you died for her. <laughs> Christ in you paid the price for her to be forgiven. Yes, she's forgiven. Well, I don't like dancing with that reality. Well, you're in the wrong reality then. Because he's, he's asking you to live from spirit and truth. And your knowing of spirit and truth allows you to serve your spouse in the practical realm. Jesus is the right thing to do in every situation. Well, my boss, he was mean to me the other day. I, I'm going to get him back. Well, it's a bad idea. I think, I think, <laughs> I think you should ask Jesus what he'd like to do or say to your, to your boss. Does, does Galatians 2.20 not say, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It's Christ living in me, as me, through me. But see, what happens is we, we think that in our natural mind, our natural understanding, which is limited, surrounded by natural feelings and circumstances, that somehow we are discerning better than God what we ought to do right here. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, people. Wrong tree. So what am I saying? I'm saying we're just asking you to do what God's already doing. He already knows you by the Spirit, so do that. Don't set your perspective as higher than His perspective. Humble yourself and say, you know what? God, you know more about my boss than I do. And if you want me to bake him a cake instead of, you know, read him the riot act, then I'll do it. If you want me to get him a card and tell him how much I appreciate him, I'll do it. Can I tell you a story? 
there was a person that uh, had gone to basically kind of like a marriage conference and they were asked there had been an affair in their relationship in the in the marriage and so the marriage person asked um, the counselor asked uh, what do you think about what do you feel when you go back and think about the affair uh, that the other spouse had had on them and uh, the response was weeping just couldn't get a word out just sadness 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 crying 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 so so when they stopped crying counselor said, what were you seeing? What were you feeling? And the answer was, get ready, sadness. Okay, yeah, sadness. How could they have done that to me? And so the counselor said, what do you, when you say sadness, what do you mean? And the person said, I'm so sad at what I've seen the accuser of the brethren do to my spouse because of that affair. Now that is Christ living in someone. The enemy would rather build a case. Let's build a case on why I don't deserve to be treated like that. I mean, I got rights. No, you don't. You were crucified. You were crucified with Christ. We buried you in water baptism. (laughs) You came out a new person. So all debts are paid. Doesn't, Doesn't mean that it's just okay that that happened. We have feelings, okay? Emotions are real. But I'm telling you, Christ is greater than what you feel. If you let him walk you through healing, because this had had been a couple of years ago, okay? So it wasn't recent. And they'd had time to process with Jesus. But my goodness, when asked about it, weeping, tears shed. Why? Sadness. Why sadness? Because, Because it breaks my heart. I've seen what the accuser, I saw what the enemy did to my spouse because of their mistake. They can't even live connected to God. They, they, they judge themselves unworthy. They, they walked with the Lord before the affair and now they don't. Because they can't see anymore that Christ is who made them right, not themselves. So I mentioned this earlier that God's already made you lovely. God's already made you right with Himself and now He's just enjoying the process of helping you figure out what He's already seeing. I said a bunch right there. Did you get it? Ephesians 5 says Christ presents you, His bride, to Himself. He presents you. We don't say to our spouses, Hey, you know, come on, get yourself pretty up. How about you put something on, present yourself to me, and I'll, you know, I'll give you this or this. Husbands, that's not how to be married. You present her to yourself by washing her with the truth about her. The truth that you can see in her that she can't even see in herself. She can't even see it, but you can see it. So wash her with that word and present her to yourself. That's what Christ has done with you. He cleaned you, presented you clean to himself, presented you lovely to himself. He's already got what he needs. The righteous requirement is fulfilled. He's already brought you to himself. Now he's enjoying the process where you're figuring out what he's looking at. Somebody give God praise. That is powerful. It's just like... It's just like when you're teaching, remember teaching Wyatt to ride a bike, right? And, and, and enjoying the process as a dad watching his son learn to ride the bike. God is not sitting off in heaven eternally unhappy waiting for you to get it. Come on. Fell over again. What a disappointment. 
What a defective child I have. He's not saying that. He already presented you to himself. Lovely, righteous, pure. So live that reality. And when you fall over, get up. Because he didn't change. Truth doesn't change. Jesus same yesterday, today, and forever. Anchor yourself to the truth. Come on, give him praise in the house of God. My goodness. Yeah. I used this example before, but I love it. Remember when Johnny was learning to walk? He's one year old. He keeps falling over a hundred times. You didn't throw him out in the yard. And say, Lord, this one's defective. Little Johnny is defective. You enjoy the process of teaching Johnny how to walk, how to talk, eventually how to ride his bike. Can you imagine if Brian told Wyatt, Wyatt, I know, you know, how old are they when they ride a bike? Five or so? I know you're five, but you have to move out. I'm disowning you. You're not worthy to be my son until you can ride a bike. What does, what does Brian do? No, he puts his arm around it. Hey, I fell a hundred times too, man. Let's go. Let's get up and let's do it again. You enjoy the process of them figuring out who they really are and what they're capable of. God is the same way. He is not eternally unhappy in heaven, wringing his hands and his fists over waiting for you to figure it out. Now, I get a little frustrated because I want you to figure it out. (laughs) But hey, my heart is pure. I love you. I want you to see the truth. Look what it did in me. Yeah. I've never been to seminary. I'm a college baseball player. I have a tourism degree. <laughs> I didn't go, I didn't go to school of eschatology or whatever. And I met Jesus when I was 20 years old and he started telling me these things and showed them to me in scripture. That's why we implore you. I love eat the word. I love it. But man, don't do it without him. Because you, you might get translation, which is good, and you might get information, and that's okay. But revelation is what you're after. Revelation is a personal, relational word from God to you coming right out of the Scripture. Amen. So if you don't like today's sermon, take it up with Jesus. He's the one who's teaching me these things. <laughs> oh, here's another great one. Uh, on the heels of he's already made you lovely and righteous. How am I doing on time? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm only right here. I was supposed to be over here. Uh, <laughs> he's already made you lovely. He's he presented you to himself. Ephesians chapter 5. He's, wait, he's uh, now just standing by, coaching you, encouraging you to see what he sees. And here's where it is. Ephesians 2.10. You're his handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus. Yeah. For good works. So he wants you to see what he's done. The enemy will tempt you when you leave and be like, that. he's crazy. I don't know where he's getting all that. It's okay to believe what I'm saying. It was the Lord's idea. Because we, man could not reconcile himself. God would have to do it. God is holy. Do we agree? God's holy. No way that uh, fallen mankind was going to win our way back to his presence. He would have to pay the price for us to get back. And, uh, and guys, we're living 2,000 years from that price being paid. I think it's time we took him at his word and we began walking with him. Dare to believe the truth. So in the kingdom of God, there are no haves and have-nots. 
We all have what Jesus Christ has downloaded to us. The difference is this. Some people spend more time uploading from here to here what Jesus has already downloaded to you. That's the difference. Some people spend more time, and I encourage everybody in this room and those worshiping online, what's in your spirit can't be taken from you. Christ has already done it. He's right there. He's downloaded all you need for life and godliness. Second Peter 1, 3. Okay, take some time and start uploading to your mind what He has downloaded to your spirit. That's the difference. That's the difference. Scott, you guys can go ahead and come. I'm going to have to wrap it up. It takes time and consistency to get what's in your new heart and new spirit into your mind because the mind set on the flesh opposes God. Natural reasoning is an enemy. Well, I just feel this way or... Or if I were God, I wouldn't do that for me. <laughs> well, thank God you're not God. You're not God. He is that good. God is God. He's created the universe and far beyond that. Space has no end. I don't know if you know that. It's, in, it's infinitum. It's, there are things we cannot comprehend. And it's all by God's hand. But the thing he holds, Psalm says God holds the expanse of our universe. Or sorry, the whole universe and the expanse of his hand. So from here to there, that's the universe. So he's pretty big. And I think we need to just dare to believe what he says that he did really happened. Uh, Philemon 1.6 says, Faith becomes effective by simply acknowledging every good thing that's already in you in Christ. Every good thing that's already in you in Christ. You want your faith to be effective? You want to live the Christ life? Start believing and receiving what he's put inside you, who he's put inside of you. Uh... This is a good place to stop right here. The church is waking up to the war is actually over reality and what is disinformation. So there's a lot of disinformation coming at you. And I don't mean outright lying. I mean deductive reasoning using your natural mind and the flesh. So we've got to get locked into truth. And then look at this. This is important. Jesus said, John 17, 17, Father, he's praying for us. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify means that you're, you're becoming more and more like Jesus in attitude and action. How does that happen? Believe the truth. Believe what he says. We thought the war was over behavior. Before you address your behavior, address what you believe about yourself and who you really are. Address how you, what you believe to be true about God. And if that's a stumbling block for you, i got a book out on the bookshelf called The True Nature of God. It's brand new and it's free on the bookshelf. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what the Father is really like? Look at Jesus Christ. And when we look at Christ, he's approachable. He's a friend to the sinners. He, he's, he's here to make us well. Okay, stand with me. We'll pick this up next week. As you saw, I got about halfway done. Every head bowed, please. Every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Brother Steve, by the inner unction of the Holy Spirit, I am convicted in my heart that I need to know Jesus Christ. I need to begin life by the Spirit. And I want to start by receiving Him 
into my heart that I can get a new spirit, a new... I want to be new on the inside first and then let Him go to work on the outside. If that's you, and you'd say, Brother Steve, pray for me. I want to be born again. Would you slip your hand up so we can pray for you? Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? I want to be born again. Anyone else? Thank you, brother. Matt, Lydia, Carl, anybody else? Let's pray this prayer with them. Say, say it with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning to receive your gift. The gift of your Son. The gift of intimacy. His Spirit alive in me. Lord Jesus, I receive you. And with that, the power to be God's child. Born of His very Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven. Past, present, and future, I am clean. And from this day forward, I am yours. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said amen. Come on. Let's celebrate. Bless you. Bless you. All right. um, I'm going to turn it back to the worship team. We'll do this song. And then we'll dismiss after that. Let's worship together.